welcome back. If you are not subscribed to the whole topic podcast, subscribe because it's very helpful to us. YouTube, we're on, we'll be on Apple, Spotify, and any other platform we end up on. If you're listening from that platform, just subscribe. It helps us Mm -hmm. out. Today, we are going to talk about foraging the summer, foraging in the summer, I guess not foraging summer, but foraging plants. Foraging for summer. Yes. I like that. Sounds romantic. Yeah. (laughs) Turn your Anna Green Gables music on and hit the Mm -hmm. road. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Ariel is the queen of foraging, or at least I think she is. She, I remember when I first met her, she, we went to go visit her house and her little kids had backpacks, like specifically for foraging where they would just shove plants in their backpacks as they were walking along. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's kind of a good idea, Mm -hmm. but that's how I kind of started really understanding more about foraging. Yeah. So if you are interested in foraging, first tell tell us what foraging is for someone who's just hearing about it for the first time. Foraging is looking in nature for food and medicine and and useful, helpful things. It's using nature as, as you're getting outside of the regular growth of your food system and you're going wild with it yes so basically it's just the food that's growing around you and you don't have to really put any effort into keeping it up it's just on the ground growing yep okay so if someone wanted to start foraging where would you recommend that they start i think that people should start uh one thing at a time and it's the uh, what's outside your door. Identify the things that are in your yard. That's where you start. And it doesn't matter if you have trees, grass, weeds, bushes, uh, mushrooms, whatever it is that's right outside your door. Identify the things that are right outside you and then grow from there. Um, but you need to you need to get acquainted with your foraged goods. You need yes. to know that you know that you know them and you need to uh, create a relationship, if you will, with wild food <laughs> so that you can just, oh, that's that. And I know this goes with this, this, this. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to spout that. And with that, you got to you gotta learn how to have a relationship with it. Yes. So. so then I guess that would lead to the next question, which what are some like, okay, so I know dandelions. Yep. You can find that anywhere around our house, mullein is growing everywhere. Yeah. What are things that are specifically you can find almost anywhere, no matter what part of the country you live in, that are like, if they looked out their back door, they might likely see it. Yeah. Um, stinging nettle, uh, dandelions, violets, regular nettles, dead nettles, thistle, um, purslane, um, those are the ones that I think you would find pretty much anywhere if conditions are right. Okay. Yeah. So then this is definitely going to be a short episode, but it's something that I know that I have really wanted to talk about. And yeah. for many of us, well, not many of us, but there's a lot of us out living on homesteads now or wanting to get out to the country and learn about this stuff. So the four F's of foraging is fruit, foliage, flora and fungus can you expand on that sure so those are the things that you'll find to eat and i think there's even though it's not in there 
I think seeds should be an extra category. Um, if, if I had to tell you to start somewhere and I could be wrong, you should get more than one opinion besides just me. Cause I'm not an expert. I just put things in my mouth. Um, I would start with flora. That's your, that's the floral part of the plant. And they're going to be normally your least, um, potent part of the plant. And I would start with all the flora and then I would move on to, um, your greens and your roots. So that's your, what'd you say? Flora, fungi, fruits, and let me see some of my notes here. What's the other S? Fluoride, foliage, foliage, fruit, and fungus. So I would start with floral, your flowers, and then I would go to foliage, learn your foliage. And they have great apps now that you can which is it? Natural life is one. And there's a few others that you can get on your phone. So you can just, oh, Google even has it where you can take a picture of it and it just identifies it for you and shows you oh, all of its cool. uses. Yeah. It's super cool. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but you can learn the ident how to identify leaf structures and then whether or not you use the stem or the root. So you go floral and then to the foliage. And then I would go to mushrooms and fruits. Because mushrooms are a fruit. Um, they are the fruiting body of the mycelium that is underneath the ground, which has a relationship with trees. So that's the fruiting body of a mushroom. And then your fruits, berries and, and apples and all kinds of things that may be on, on trees or bushes. And I think there's even some fruits that are on some foliage plants as well. Although we, my husband and I get in arguments all the time about, you know, what's a tree and what's a bush. Because sometimes you'll come across some stuff and you'll be like, well, that's clearly a tree. And it's like, well, actually that's a bush. It's, it's neither here details, nor there. Details. De details, Ariel. <laughs> details. With that, what are, so this is a question I actually thought about um, because I know that not everybody has 500 acres out their backyard or even one acre. Really? So where are some <laughs> where are some legal places that people can actually just get their little backpacks and go forage? Uh, you have to check. It's different in every state. Usually there are rules with how much you can forage on state land. If you go to your .gov or your DNR uh, sites, you can find out real easily what their stipulations are. So for us, there's a certain amount that we can forage. There's um, And usually we can give it to friends and family and feed it for personal consumption, but you're not allowed to resale. So that's that's within my state. Um, there's a certain amount of rocks that we can take in our state legally from public ground. That was a random one that I found interesting. That is interesting. Because um, yeah, because some people get minerals from. You ever read that book as a kid, uh, Stone Soup? I've heard of it, but I I actually think I read it to my kids. I love it. It's, yeah. it's this, it's this boy who's hungry and all he's got is a rock and he convinces this old lady to make him soup out of the leftovers in her garden. But he tells her oh, this, it's going to be stone soup. It's, it's, it's from the stone. And actually I've been teased a lot because I really want to make stone soup. Cause yeah. I think we can extract minerals from different rocks. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, <laughs> but there's, if you go on DNR for your, for your state, you can find out what they're legalities are and where you can forage and how much you can forage and what you can do with it. 
I'm not going to tell you to break the law, but if you're hungry, if you're starving, there are exceptions to rules. Yes. And, and that's always good to know because people deserve to eat. Yeah. Yeah. If you're starving, if you're starving, if you're starving. So then, okay. So when I first moved to my state a couple years ago, I wanted to know all the things about foraging. So I actually have several books now. And one of the things I was able to find was an actual state book specifically for my state. Yeah. Um, that has everything like it is I think it's about that thick yep is that possible is that something that each state has created or one state where can people find things like that probably it's probably easily um in the google box you put your state and then foraging guide and normally you'll be able to find it online but if you go to your um resource centers like um the resource shops or we have gift shops along the side of the highway in my state. And a lot of the times you'll find the booths with all of the, like the star guides, the bird guides, the the foraging guides and edibles, and you'll find all of that there. So you can find it not online, but I bet every state probably has those. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, Cause I know that like for me, just I'll, I'll flip it open and just read through it. Cause we have so many plants in our field right now that are growing up Yeah, because yeah. we logged it and now everything's coming back to life. It's yeah. beautiful, like, but we don't know what everything is. Okay. The other thing I was going to say is usually you can also get your state's map guides and it might be sectioned up into different quadrants. So you might need a, a northern state guide for you or a southern. But when you go foraging, if you if you bring that map, then you can kind of circle where you found what you found to go back and remember it. Along with your cute little notebook that you write yeah. down what season you found it in and when it grew yes. and what it looked like. Yeah. Honestly, if you are a homeschooler, or whether you're homeschooler or not, take the weekend. This yeah. was really fun for us, like to just grab a little notebook and walk outside and yeah. write down, okay, so dandelion showed up in whatever month, or it was this amount of degrees and things like that. That was super, super helpful. Yeah. Um, so what about online resources? Where can people find online um, resources to help them? Like everywhere. what's your favorite place? um everywhere uh, everywhere. uh subscribe to all the herbal things that you can just do an herbal google search and and subscribe to all the things actually that's something that enough people don't take advantage of is their emails there are countless uh programs and certifications you can get for foraging and whatnot online and blogs and everything But if you subscribe to somebody's email list, especially if they're like an herbal distribution or someone that teaches online courses, they'll give away free stuff in emails. So just subscribe to people's. I know it's a lot of mail in your inbox, but you're going to get a lot more things through emails than you're going to find free information on Google just by happenstance. But I don't know. I like Mountain Rose Herbs and uh, Herbal Academy and um, there's there's some really cool foragers I, and I can't think of their name right now, but they're more of the hunter slash foragers and they do, they're like Native Americans. They They use every single part of an animal and an herb and the root and like they're using it in their life in more than just food you know, and more than just topical creams and medicines, they're using it for candles, they're using it for 
for um, tanning hides. They're using it for so many things. Yeah. So cool. And that is something too, when you're foraging, as you're picking each thing up, something that we love doing is actually reading what the benefits of that specific thing is. Yeah. You want to know the benefits and you want to know the things that aren't benefits of eating it more times than not, you know, yeah. if it's something where there's, okay, maybe this is an allergic reaction. Okay. Maybe, but for the most part, the benefits of the plants that grow around you um, is something your body needs. I remember someone telling me that they're like, a lot of times the plants that grow up around you in your yard is what you need in that climate. And so it's really important to connect and understand that. Like if there's, yeah. zero, I remember um, my husband and I had gone through a pretty, pretty rough couple of years with, we overhelped people. We overextended ourselves yeah. as a family. And um, one of my really good friends came over to our house, to our homestead and saw yarrow growing up. And apparently yarrow is kind of like, how did she describe it? She was like, yarrow just helps you emotionally, like feel like you can set boundaries. Like when you eat yarrow, it's just one of those plants that just settle you down and make you feel like you don't have to go be Superman for everyone. Well, yeah. We had yarrow growing everywhere, and we do still. And I always laugh at them, like, well, I guess you knew we need to like be better at about, you know, setting boundaries. So just yeah. realizing that the plants that are growing up around you are actually there for a purpose, that, that they're in season for a reason, because your body probably needs something from the plants, whether it's your garden plants, if they can grow in that season. Yeah. It's, am I off on that? Like, no, no, you're not. And I think it's wild because it goes into the spiritual realm of things because you think, yes, these things are outside my door. So I need them in my climate, but then you go outside your door and you have a specific illness and you find the exact plant that's going to cure your illness. And you're like, that can only be God. Yes. He put that there. Yeah. He made that come up for you. And like, that's wild to me that yeah. you can go. And now somebody living in the city is going to call me and be like, I don't have any plants growing yeah. outside my so door. So what are you talking and, about? Yeah. <laughs> Do I eat rocks? My door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'll have my stone soup. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so there is, okay, so I do have another question. What is your favorite way, to, I know you're very much into documenting your findings as you um, play, what do we call you, the um, the princess of the forest? Ah, uh, yes. What is it that you... <laughs> to document it what is your favorite way to document it to make it actually where you resonate yeah where you don't lose the information you just found so yeah um well personally I like taking photos of it and I go back through my photo logs I take a photo scrapbook and try to remember where we were on any given hike but there's a practice that people use and I ha I use it too so I use a binder or I use just a regular journal and you make what's called a materia medica. And it's where you either draw a picture or you print a picture or you find the picture of the thing that you are looking at. So say it's a dandelion, you draw the picture of the dandelion, you put down its, its Latin word, and then you write out its benefits and maybe it's, it's not so helpful uses and all the different things where you found it, all these things. That way you have a log of that thing. Now you could print these things out and you could put them in a binder. But as we know, as homeschooling moms, when you write it down, you're using different senses. You're going, it's, it's making muscle memory. 
you're going to recall it later better and you can flip through and you can find those things easier if you have a materia medica it's a good practice for everybody um who wants to learn more about herbs and and foraging yeah well i know that i'm a journaler so i have thought about getting my kids out there again which maybe because i have so many plants in my field that i don't know what it is i'll just give them a notebook and a backpack and say hey go figure out what they are do you journal plants when i was doing the foraging it was fun to write them down but yeah. i i don't at this no. point i haven't been out in a while foraging so that's why i'm not answering the questions you are <laughs> i, I yeah. don't have all the answers but sure. i do so this one, before we close out, I do need this question answered. And I think everybody, especially if they're just starting out, we don't want to be eating poison ivy. That's terrible. Mm. Mm. So what is the golden rule of foraging? Oh, yes. The golden rule is to never touch, eat, harvest if you cannot 100% identify it. Yes. I've broken that rule a lot because you want to pick it up you want to touch it and you want to take a picture of it maybe it's a mushroom species so you got to get the gills underneath and you got to get a side view to properly identify it maybe you have to do a spore print in order to properly identify it then you find out it's toxic and you've been touching it so i don't know you can you can play the risk game if you want to i'm not going to tell you you can't because i certainly play that game but you're not supposed to eat it if you're not 100% positive of what it is and then even then don't eat it even if you know it's edible because what if it's edible but in a very small amount so I or it has to be cooked was, or yeah yeah or triple cooked or yep. yeah you don't know so just definitely do your research before it and I feel like that's common sense but you never know yeah so on this thought just do as she says and not as she does on that yeah on that yeah note. <laughs> yeah just on that for your note. safety <laughs> yeah no that's so that it, it's good to talk about that stuff because I know that like when I go out many times, more often than not, I just see plants everywhere. I don't, I'm not like, wow, oh my gosh, I know what that is. Yeah. And so I just don't touch it. I'm not going to play around with it. But for those just yeah. new into foraging, just be careful. But as with anything, just be careful. Don't just go eat yeah. your whole yard. Just take a chill and just take one plant at a time that you know that you know yeah. that you know is safe. Yeah, do that. Um. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, were there any, because I know you're getting into foraging, what kind of books and literature did you find that helped you? So I honestly wish I wrote the topics down or the book titles down. I will yeah. post them in the notes here, Good, but I did, I got on Google and I just researched, um, uh, I typed in my state and I was like, okay, so I need a foraging book for this state. And yeah. it came up with a list of like one for my state and then I had a couple other ones that weren't as safe in the state but they were ones that um actually I think it was you it was either Erica my friend Erica or you that recommended it to me and I was like I yeah. should just get that just in case but yeah I do have them and I will link them in the show notes good um, for anybody that wants to read that and we'll link different resources like I, we're gonna link um your favorite places where you like to learn about herbs and yeah. any book resources that you have as well. Oh, I have a few. There's um, there's one that totally changed my life in how I decided to eat. And I recommend that book to absolutely everybody. It's called Eating on the Wild Side. And we'll have to link it in the show notes because you never thought about the, the phytonutrients that you weren't ingesting because you decided to eat from the grocery store instead of your yard. Yeah. 
and the the lichen that you can eat from the trees on the forest you never thought you were missing certain things in your diet it's it's completely changed the way i eat and I, that's not true i still eat chips and ice cream and, and things i should that's definitely not foraged i mean unless you're at the store foraging I, what if you what if you foraged for the cow and milked the cow and then does that count does that count no <laughs> I don't know. I don't no know. but that is true it is very true yeah. that there's so much in nature that we just need to get back to and it's actually a lot simpler than we probably think it is it's just a matter of taking yeah. the time to dive into the whole foraging world and see what's in your backyard so yeah. Um, so if also- you're on the fence, so if you're on the fence about foraging and maybe you thought it's too much for you or you don't know what you're doing, let this be your encouragement to go ahead and get out there. Just go outside your front door and find the weeds that are outside. Identify the tree that's in your yard and start there. Start yeah. small. And we actually have a principle to go along with this, along with the seasonal, like just a broad, like things that we know for sure that are safe to eat pretty much and it would pretty much grow anywhere um so we will post that we'll link that printable list here because it also has the seasonal fruit and vegetable list as well with it awesome that you can get from the grocery store so that'll be linked in the show notes and i know this one was kind of short but i covered the topic we wanted to talk about today Yep. Short but sweet. Check out the show notes because it's got book resources, online resources, everything you need to get started. Or maybe you find something that you didn't know and you need in your library. Yeah. And thank you again for joining us, for joining the podcast today. Yeah. We really appreciate your time and listening in and getting through this first season with us because we all know that there's a lot of awkward moments in here just because this is the first time we've done a show together Uh like this. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm still sitting at McDonald's. We actually yeah. recorded two shows today yeah. because I don't have my normal recording space. So thank you again, like I said, yeah. for tuning in. And thank you, Ariel, for sharing all your princess queen foraging tips. You're so Always welcome. appreciated. You've been listening to the Whole Topic podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook and Instagram, the Whole Topic podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at dearmark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains, and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, visit theranchershomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten-free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit wildandforagecare.com, where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening, and God bless.